Radio Life Sciences podcast for a behind-the-scenes look into GSLS, made by students and educators for the scientists of tomorrow. Okay, welcome to um, the second episode of our special series on mental well-being um, from Radio Life Sciences, the uh, podcast channel of the Graduate School of Life Sciences. Um, we have a special guest today, um, Eric Scheerder. Um, and we'll, uh, but on the, at the table, we also have uh, Lisa Keizer and Evelyn Kallenberg. Uh, Lisa, um, we haven't heard you yet. Who are you? No. Um, now, I'm Lisa and I work for the Graduate School and I focus on communication with our students and also collaborating on the podcast team to make sure we have a podcast eventually and yeah, that it's promoted with our students. Okay, thanks. Evelina, yeah. Ford. You know me by now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, a recent graduate from Neuroscience and Cognition, Research Master, and currently a junior teacher and educational innovator at graduate school. Yes. And my name is Harald Vrijen. Um, you've heard me before, of course. And at the table we have uh, Professor Erik Scherder. He's a professor of clinical neuropsychology. That's correct, right? That's completely correct, sir. Okay. So, um, can you explain a little bit what is your field of interest, evidently, but also um, scientifically? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, we have several lines of research uh, in my department. Um, we started off with uh, being interested in the enriched environment for people with dementia. Uh, often they spend their final life, uh, years of life in a more or less impoverished environment. And we do know from a lot of studies that enriched environment means an environment in which you get stimulated in various ways. That is really important, even if you are in advanced stage of dementia. So uh, that, that's a, the line of research we started with. But meanwhile, we do a lot of other studies, all, which all have to do with enriched environment. Think of the effects of music on the brain, uh, music in children. Uh, and is it in, indeed helpful for their... Uh, school performance, but also um, music for people with uh, brain diseases. Uh, we are looking in the prisons, uh, in the forensic field, what is now the effect of an impoverished environment, specifically in prison, on the brains of the incarcerated people. Um, so, yeah, well, we have an, a wonderful lines of research, in fact, mm -hmm. and which is challenging each day. I, I can really say that, and this is really the truth. I mean, uh, these are relatively young fields, so we need about 100 years again. I'm, yeah. I'm happy that I'm still young, so I can Sorry. fulfill my wishes here. Yeah, wow. I read your book recently, yeah, um, Singing in the Brain. All oh, right. Mm -hmm. So um, it resonated with me because um, on the back side it says, well, Eric likes to play the violin. He's not very good. But he likes, <laughs> but he, it, it's, it's what it says. Far from good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like to play the saxophone. I'm far uh -huh. from good. So, uh, <laughs> I'm Maybe sure you can start something like the violin <laughs> yeah. and a saxophone, yeah. you know? <laughs> it, it started with the violin. It's just meant as uh, when I propagate everywhere that you have to start to do new things that mm -hmm. are really um, need effort, mental mm -hmm. effort and physical effort. And this is an example. And and I, why I, is that? Why do you need to start something new too? Because then, then that's for your brain, in fact, the, the most uh, optimal way to, um, to age. Uh, so the moment that you start doing uh, new things that are challenging, that's a very, a very important issue. Uh, so you have to do effort. Mm -hmm. uh, then your metabolism in the brain goes up. And uh, so neurons are become more active. And uh, when you think of the concept of use it or lose it, mm -hmm. uh, for much people, for many people, this is a, a known uh, phenomenon. Uh, then you know, increase the metabolism, and you 
the chance that you will lose it will be less. Yes. Uh, but you know, if you're looking now in recent literature, that when you're looking at the age of about 30, 35 already, then you see that the environment is less challenging. Mm -hmm. So people adjust their environment so that they know, okay, this is my life, I have now my family, right? I have my job, right? <laughs> this is really <laughs> killing for your brain because that's what you don't want. And so I, when I'm in a really in a, in a little bit fun, funny mood, I say, divorce. <laughs> so <look for> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but this is not the general yeah. advice. It's not, but you know what I mean, right? So look up new things yeah. that takes a lot of effort. And that is very important. And I think there is an, there's ample evidence. Yeah, and, and these new things, just as a, uh, as a question, is this something that has to be um, require brain activity or can it also just be physical activity? Great, great question, because physical activity is brain activity. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it, it, it is, you know, it's mental effort and physical effort. Okay, but you can't do any physical effort without your brain. So you see that the neuronal networks that are involved in high-order cognitive functions, but I can mm -hmm. pose my question back to my colleague here <laughs> at, at the other side. Uh, do you can, you can you give me one area in the brain mm -hmm. that is completely only cognition without motor involvement or the other way around can you give me one name of an area that is only motor and not cognitive involved here you Ooh. go well, I think yeah this, this is, is a exam. tricky <laughs> tricky question yeah, well, because there course. isn't right because no. i think there you're like your whole brain is involved with everything like same with motor and same with cognition absolutely you're completely correct so Whew, so well, uh, <laughs> well i save you a little bit here but no yeah. no no you are correct but i, I can give you an example for, for instance of the hippocampus mm -hmm. uh, the hippocampus is an area in our field that is worldwide known for its uh, role in episodic memory but if you look at the now i come back to you what would be the motor involvement of the hippocampus Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, well, you mm. thought I am ready here. I am finished this one. Yeah, <laughs> but you didn't. Not yet. Motor involvement of the hippocampus. Yeah, I know. I, I this is really a, a little bit nasty for me, of course, because I, you were not prepared for this question. But it's nice to to challenge you a little bit. Yeah, definitely. because you you would agree with me that the hippocampus. In, in, in first instance, you would say episodic memory. Would you agree yeah, with me? I would agree. Right? And you are completely right there, right? Mm -hmm. But now the motor component, the motor component is that you can't move without hippocampus because you need its visospatial capacity. So when, he, when I walk you through the room, mm -hmm. I need my hippocampus uh, to do it and, and to, to, you know, to be oriented in place. And so this is so important to realize that if you look at, for instance, Alzheimer's disease, mm -hmm. which is, is the primary effect, the hippocampus, but people also don't know their way to, to their own homes anymore. And this is logical because those structures do play this, have these mutual roles. So um, if you look at, for instance, stress systems, let's go back or continue exactly now immediately to that point uh, with respect to an active lifestyle and students, for instance. Um, so if you look at um, the stress, the HPA axis, mm -hmm. the known stress axis. Then so for the ones who don't know it, what does HPA stand for? Yeah, so the hypothalamic pituitary axis, mm -hmm. adrenal axis. Um, the axis that f at the end will produce cortisol. People know that as the stress hormone. Mm -hmm. um, so if people often ask me, what do I have to do when I feel not positive stress? Positive is wonderful. You need cortisol, right? Right? And, right. Uh, but too much <laughs> stress, too much stress, right? 
then you see that a number of brain regions, neural networks, will function less well. Now, one, one, just a simple example, because one of the areas that has a grip on this HPA axis is the hippocampus. And that is one of the explanations. One of them, there are many others, but one of them is when you start moving, you activate the hippocampus because you start with moving in space. It's always in space. It's never, no, 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 never it is not in space. So you activate the hippocampus, get a little bit more grip on your stress axis. That's why we advise, of course, also to students, how about your physical active lifestyle? But okay. perhaps I'm going too far no. immediately, but um, it's nice to, to share with you that this year I started up this week with 400 students and uh, with the rector here from the university. We made the appointment that after 20 minutes, I asked the students to raise. Yeah, I read it. You read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I'm standing on the table in front of them and then we make this sumo squat. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So they need not to stand up upright because then the tables has to you know mm -hmm. lift up and, yeah. the, and the laptops are there. No, no, no. They can remain there. So they just stand just at the level of their plate, right? Mm -hmm. The table. So that you are in this you are in this position. Mm -hmm. Then I say, okay, fold your hands in this way. And then you say, for instance, frontal lobe, we start off with the A, right? And the R. So you're really standing now, really like a sumo squat, like yeah. wrestling and then <laughs> intertwining your fingers and then writing an F with your Absolutely. both hands together. Ah, okay, it. okay. And, and then what happens then in two, the brain? Two, three minutes. And then you have an increase in your sensitivity for insulin. Mm -hmm. And this is very helpful. And when you think of in decreasing the risk for obesity, uh, cardiovascular diseases and um, <laughs> a diabetes type 2. And this is exactly what you should do in this time, not only with, with respect to the mood thing, right? So depression and anxiety, etc. Yes, of course, mm -hmm. but also we come out of a uh, pandemic called COVID-19, and COVID-19 is exactly this problem. So if you want to look into the future and you are, you know, you have all the best with your students ahead of you, then I say, do it. So here I know we are, of course, started this week, and we want. Each lecture, not only within the library department, but all over the place, are going to do this. And this is not cool. just for fun. It is absolutely necessary to do it. And, and, and that's why the rector here says, Eric, I support you, fully support. Yeah, and I'm really, we started up today and the students like it very much. And they say afterwards, sorry for, for my continuation here, oh, sure, but they say afterwards, <laughs> they say afterwards, Eric, I have more attention. I am yeah. concentrated. There is no fuss around, right? So three minutes like sumo, and then you know you have to say, okay, people, okay, calm down. No, no, no. They sit down, right? I can continue with my topic without any problem. And they say afterwards, Eric, I have more attention, I am more have more concentration. Exactly what is also written in literature. The acute effect is, is most consistent. So we have only beneficial effects here. Only. Insulin sensitivity, attention, cognitive functions, better mood, etc. People are happy. Of course, for a better mood, you need much longer time, right? So yeah. let that be for sure. You are not doing that in three minutes. This is so interesting, like doing just like a, an activity during your lessons for three minutes and they already notice some change. It's like 
And they listen better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe yes. maybe you well, should do it at home with your kids as well. If they don't listen. <laughs> well, just I, I can tell you that we are working very hard already since the beginning of COVID-19 with the government. And uh, we asked them and showed them also in presentations what happened during COVID-19. Mm -hmm. That was in the beginning. But also from the other pandemic. What was the other pandemic? Now my question to my, my lovely people here. There is also another pandemic already going on for many years. What is the name of that pandemic? I think it's kind of like the sitting pandemic, right? Like everyone is sitting and not moving their butts. Very, very <laughs> good, very good. I'm so happy because a lot of people don't know that. They say, yeah. well, hmm, obesity, which is correct in itself. But the title is of that pandemic, double, this from the WHO, right? Mm -hmm. Physical inactivity. Bewegingsarmoede. Yeah. And that's it. Since 2012, a wonderful series in the Lancet publications, 5.3 million people die each year worldwide of diseases related to sitting, exactly what you said. And what are they, those diseases? Cardiovascular, diabetes, and obesity. Huh? All right, so my insulin injection mm -hmm. for three minutes is directly related, right, yeah. to two pandemics. And we are now at the government say, and ask them, get those children in, on prim in the primary schools out of the chairs each 30 minutes, three minutes, do it. Cost no euro, just do it. And they don't do it. Yeah, exactly. So the, here are we really fighting for, because this is yeah. something incredible that you have two pandemics and, uh, and the, the government is not willing to push a little bit. Um, otherwise, it, it, it won't happen, I can tell you. Yeah, but it's also like uh, you want to change the system a little bit. Like, that's hard. People don't like it just easily when you say you have to do it. They Absolutely. You get like resistance from them. Yeah, I think human behavior is interesting. It's directed by uh, fear of pain and change. So, uh, My, perhaps I can pose another question because that's a question I also pose to the um, uh, government. Since this is the pandemic since 2012. In the past 20 years, how many people in the percentage um, meet more, so in percentages expressed, meet more the normal behavior, the normal movement criteria, which is about 150 minutes a week, which is, by the way, an old criterion, but okay. How many in 20 years did we manage how many more people meet those criteria in percentages, please. Yeah, I believe that the percentage that met the criteria is like slightly below 50%. So that's kind of like 49%. Yes, very good. You're well informed. And now, how, <laughs> how, very good. And how many does, what percentages has it increased Increase. now in 20 years? I, I, start, I start with 0%. Yeah. Five percent. Five percent. Yeah, because during COVID, a lot of people like were aware of being home all the time, yeah. and they wanted to be active. They went outside for a walk. Like that's what I have seen like during the pandemic. So it makes sense that it increases a little bit. But yeah, those who went walking was 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 very nice, of course. But they didn't need to bike anymore because they worked at home. Yeah. So when you look at a, a Dutch research in the Netherlands, has been done by the TNO that there. The net result was exactly the same. Yeah. So we, we remain sedentary. Mm -hmm. And we may have to make the next step. 
And we have seen our students sitting at home in, in a very bad mood, uh, inactive, uh, depression, anxiety symptoms, etc. So we already did a lot, uh, let's say, uh, stimulation by, by podcast or, or little, little films, etc. So, Come on, people, do it. So now we, we forced them, I say this with <laughs> love for my students, to come to the food. Come to the university. No streaming anymore. So we have now one streaming tomorrow because of the strike, of the railway strike. But normally, no streaming. No recording. You come, and I am there for you. Yeah, exactly. More <laughs> minutes to walk, more activity, much better than remaining at home or whatever you are. Uh, so what you said is completely correct. It, it Now this is the moment for a behavioral change. Yeah. So, and we really are talking not about nothing. Really, this is really essential. If yeah. we don't do it now, we only cost 5% in 20 years. And if you look at the literature, and that would interest you, of, 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 I'm sure you know that, but COVID-19 and um, physical inactivity are closely related. So it's a blood vessel problem, closely yeah. related. So I read in my medical literature only about two pandemics and not one, two pandemics. Mm -hmm. Okay, so make this issue really serious, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you don't exactly. think it's a kind of gag of so by getting those students out of their chairs. No, it's really serious. You slightly touched upon the uh, topic of uh, mental well-being in the in the context of COVID, eh? so that uh, and the the report that uh, from the Trimbos Institute and GGZ about the mental well-being in our in our student population is quite scary. So, fifty-one percent of students they uh, have. Uh, a reduced mental well-being, 25% um, of them um, have serious issues, even um, uh, suicidal thoughts. Um, so it made us start this um, special on mental well-being um, with some main questions. Are we looking at a, um, is it, are we in a unique moment in time now that this is larger uh, all of a sudden or is it an I think what we would like to explore with you a little bit is this some, how does this work from a neurobiological point of view? Is it um, a sign of our times? Or is this, uh, are we overstimulating a system that was originally designed for something else? Um, so can you react on that, please? Yeah, well, we, we already addressed a little bit the fact that it is a, a topic for already, let's say, at least 20 years. Okay. Uh, of course, it has got more, uh, let's say, uh, attention now. We had to stay at home and work at home, studying from home. And now it became more clear how, how impressive it is when you don't have an active lifestyle. But the active lifestyle already, for many of us, already gone. I mean, uh, look at the children at school, uh, look at the, the hardly any success after 20 years of good work for a lot of people, but not successful. And that's why we say don't, you know, don't ask people to do it. Don't wait for the behavioral change by ourselves. I, I think you have to push a little bit there, here and there. Um, so from an evolutionary point of view, uh, I think that um, rest is indeed understandable. We want to be inactive because you don't know if you have the next day, you have still something to eat. And so <laughs> the moment you have something to eat, you want to rest because you know otherwise you spend a lot of energy. On the other hand, there's also studies that shows that we had to move in many, many years ago because you have to go out for hunting, right? So it's a, a bit of both. Mm -hmm. uh, but indeed, if you look at the, the whole 
development, societal development of the digital world, etc. It is easier, easier and easier. More comfort, less effort, if you want to say it in this way. Except for those who develop the digital world. I'm not against, right? But if I ask you, how many mobile numbers do you know by heart? <laughs> Two or one, one. right? Two. My yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the studies on, on um, internet, uh, then they pose the question, are we can, becoming better in searching for where the information is or so where it is or are we becoming better in what it is? My question, what do you think? Harold, what do you think? Well, I, I recognize the question because uh, when I was young, I knew like uh, maybe 50 uh, phone numbers by heart. I was um, um, easier at, at um, doing math by head. Um, the... I recognized um, license plates from cars. It's all, I'm not saying that I don't remember anything anymore, but I, um, the reflex to take my uh, device and just do a quick search mm -hmm. rather than calling my grandfather to, <laughs> to <laughs> find the answer of go to an encyclopedia to find it. So I, I think, well, I think you need some kind of a basis of knowledge uh, and a structure to be able to do a quick search and fit it into uh, the structure that you have in your head. But uh, um, suppose, suppose you would see it only once and they say it to you beforehand. This is a, a piece of paper. You won't see it anymore, whatever you like. This is one moment. I think that, and that was clear from those studies, that you will look at it in a quite different way. You start mm -hmm. to memorize you want to see what it is because it is gone afterwards. But now we yeah. know where it is. Yeah. You scan, it's more superficial, and you know where it is, right? So the studies say what it is becomes more superficial because you know where it is. And that's exactly from a brain perspective, not what you want. You want effort. Exactly. So if you want this is very lazy, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah well, it, again, I'm not against. I mean, I mean, there is also a lot of advantages, of course, but please, each person should, in fact, Realize for himself, herself, what did I do today mm -hmm. on mental effort, right? What did Good I do question. today in mental effort? That's the question. Yeah. And, and uh, interestingly, what my next step is in here at the VU, if I get the permission, is to get away the laptops during the, uh, during the lectures. That get away with them. Yeah, that would be Just great. writing. Yeah. And that's just not old-fashioned. This is really yeah. modern thinking. Because yeah. Yeah. when you write, you, uh, you activate... Uh, also, your frontal parietal <laughs> neuronal search systems, activate them. This, those systems are also important for controlling your emotions. So you do a lot at, at the same time. And you memorize much better. Mm -hmm. And you, are not, you have no distraction. I'm not sure yeah. if I look at all those laptops that there is not a little email here or there that, okay, we are eating this this evening, you're going to Albert yeah, yeah. etc. <laughs> When I was in college, like a few years ago, I was like, if you're sitting in the back and you see all those screens, it's somewhere <laughs> like online shopping. I was like, you're in, you're in the classroom, like focus on your lesson. But like, we have we have students who say afterwards, Eric, the guy uh, next to me is looking at one of a picture, a film. Yeah. I'm distracted. I, I'm, you know, I, I I have now to focus on you because otherwise I'm. So, from a healthy point of view, I think we should make some steps. Yeah. yeah. So mental well-being, right? That was the question. Mental well-being. I have a colleague, a very, uh, very nice guy and very high level uh, with respect to research is Witt Hoogendijk. He's a psychiatrist in Erasmus. And he 
explains clearly that our stress system has not evaluated any further than many, many years ago. He's a, mm. he's a, he uh, compares our stress system with a fish, that of a fish. That means that at everything we are now encountering is much, much more difficult. So we have to, you know, Adapt. get some counterforce. Hmm? Adapt on it or is it no? Yeah, so the adaptation is not very successful. Mm -hmm. So, but you can take care of it and say, okay, how can I strengthen my own stress system? Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, well, the things we are discussing here. So that's physical activity? Well, not only, of course. Yeah, can, can you elaborate on what things can strengthen? Yeah, so physical and active lifestyle is one of them. Mm -hmm. Sleep is another one. Sleep, if you, if you think of the neural networks and, and think of the, uh, the metabolism during the night, uh, the fact that you have to build up your energy, think of the growth hormone, which is active during the night. Uh, but also the metabolism in other parts of the brain are low, so they are having a chance now to, to get out, to get rid of all types of the things that you want to get rid of. Uh, so how about sleep? Uh, is this still an issue for students? Do they realize seven to eight hours on average, because everyone has his own time, needs his own time, but sleep is another one. Alcohol is one. I mean, if you look at the ethanol, is the... the the ingredient which is damaging for the white matter, for the gray matter as well. Um, even one glass of alcohol is nowadays is not advisable, uh, particularly for women because they have a an, an high risk for uh, breast cancer. Cancer, uh, but in general, uh, I've read a wonderful study published in the YAMA. You know, the YAMA is one of the highest levels, one with a very high level impact, and they included students. Uh, with an average age of 25 years. And those students had to fulfill, had to meet seven criteria, health criteria. And among them were active lifestyle, sleep, uh, not smoking, alcohol, etc. And what you saw was that if you fulfill all seven, you have a kind of optimal density of your white matter, <laughs> the forbidden, the connections. And why but would that be important? For, for the ones who don't know really white matter. Because why the white matter are the connections between exactly. the brain regions. Yeah. Uh, the myelin gives the, the white color and they take care of the signal transmission. The higher the quality of the white matter is, the, the higher the speed of the signal transmission. And that's exactly what you want. You want a high speed, you don't want a low speed. So that also when you are 70 years of age, like my age, you are still <laughs> have initiatives and are motivated and think, okay, come on, I go for it, right? That's what you want. Yeah. And uh, so, but if you only fulfilled, met four of those seven criteria, would you say, well, this is all right. Hmm? This is still, well, really nice. You saw that the density of the white matter at 25 years of age already declines. Hmm. Hmm. So if you're looking for an incentive to think of, okay, so it is sleep, it is alcohol, it is smoking, of course drugs, right? It's beyond any discussion that these ingredients are very important and there is much more knowledge about it than, than many years ago. So now you respond, you are young. What would you say? Would you say, Eric, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm, I like alcohol and I like smoke, perhaps. Um, I think it really depends um, for, yeah, per person. But if I'm looking at myself, I don't drink very often, maybe in the weekends, but that's only when I have the... Yeah, how do you say it? Like, when I'm into it, like, oh, <coughs> just going for a night out and I'm going to have some drinks. Um, 
but like yeah i think it's really depends on the person i'm not that into alcohol so <laughs> yeah i'm also the wrong 25 year old girl to ask because yeah. i've got a history in like top sports so i don't drink alcohol i don't smoke i don't do drugs um and i studied neuroscience so i know how bad everything is for yeah. you <laughs> and you so are both brilliant <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well so yeah <laughs> Should I add more? No. <laughs> no I, I mean this. I can imagine that young people think, okay, well, an old guy with advice is not smoking, not drinking. But this is not the message. The message is that we had a very difficult time for a lot of young people, students, and uh, that more than ever, uh, everybody should realize, okay, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm working on my future. And, uh, and I just recently wrote a little book uh, about how... How are you when you're my age? And when should you invest? Is this what you should do along the way? Or should you do it when you're young? And the final answer is do it when you're young. Yeah, but I think it's quite a mindset change because uh, what I see in my um, area, people are mostly focused on how, I'm how am I going to get through the day? They are so focused on today and not of over like the next 25 years. So yes, I understand. So it's... Yeah, it's. I think it's. There needs to be like so much change before we get uh, people to really think about their future, health-wise. Yes, I'm. I'm. Uh, I fully agree. But perhaps this podcast podcast will help <laughs> uh, people realize Hopefully. that. Come on, come on! Don't look only for today. Yeah. Invest in your future, and that you will become older is sure. But at what? In what way? Are you still active and interested and initiative-taking, etc.? That's the, that's the question. And so that's where we're talking about. For the listeners that are listening to the podcast right now, what would you advise them as a step after listening to, to this podcast when they, you know, the podcast is finally almost coming to an end? What should they do when this podcast ended? Should they go out the door and just walk for like 20 minutes? Or what should they take on today that will invest for well, their health? It, it, yeah, well, it was already mentioned how difficult it is to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. So... It's, it's, there are a, fru, a, a, free, a, a few sorry, there are a few uh, conditions for success. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them is it should be a priority. So if you think this is for me now the most important thing to do, and you can select one of them, say, okay, I stop smoking, but this is really tomorrow my number one, then you are successful. And then the second factor is condition that your environment should help you. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is much more than only your own priority. Also, the environment should help. Uh, so that's important. Um, and I should say, start with things that are indeed feasible. So Start small and then... Yeah, start small. And, steps, see, and yeah. I can assure you that when you are successful, your reward system is, it, of <laughs> course, the production not only of, of dopamine. Course. People always think it's dopamine. But it's particularly also oxytocin and endorphins that give you this feeling, yeah, yes, I did it. And that's, that's important. When you have that feeling, then you long for more, you want more. Cool. Wow. <laughs> I think we have to close here, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a beautiful call for action, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Okay, some final words. Lisa? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be active after this. <laughs> Maybe you can go for a walk. Yeah, why not? Yeah, two pieces. Well, we're on the yeah. fifth floor right now, so I just suggest you that you go take walk down. Yeah, take the stairs. <laughs> Evelyn. Yeah, well, 
I think I just want to say thank you very much, Erik, yeah. for uh, coming to the podcast and uh, joining us today. I think it was a very interesting podcast and uh, I hope our listeners think so too. So thank you very much. It was my pleasure meeting you. Thank you. And uh, we have a, a mutual mission, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we now know that Evelina knows all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. And um, well, looking forward to see you in our third episode. Yes, Thank you so see much. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. If you need support or a conversation regarding this podcast, please refer to the advice and counseling page of our GCLS student site for more and detailed information.